Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. And on today's episode, I am going to be joined by Michael Pytel. He is the co-founder and CTO at Fulfilled. Fulfilled is a WMS, uh, new WMS to the market in the grand scheme of WMSs, you could say, that we've had on the podcast previously. We've been able to, to see how they've been growing into the market and, and really making an impact there and with a really interesting solution. And we're going to focus today the discussion around slotting and we'll talk about what is slotting, the importance of slotting and how how Fulfilled is tackling and how technology is helping to tackle it and, and just what are some of the challenges around it and how important it is to your operation? So, Michael, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm fantastic, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, I didn't embarrass myself the first time, so I'm super excited to be here a second time. <laughs> talk about, get a little nerdy about product positioning and slotting. So, great. Great to be here. Yes, absolutely. And the slotting, I, I love slotting. And so I guess that makes me a little nerdy too as well, but we can definitely nerd out on it together. Uh, certainly something that I've done a decent amount of in my career, both from a satisfying perspective and also from a pulling my hair out perspective at times as well, uh, as I'm sure some people out there can relate. But before we kind of dive into all that for, for people maybe that didn't hear the, the previous episode or, or are not familiar with Fulfilled, why don't you give us a little overview of what it is that you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a cloud-based warehouse management application and what we call an intelligent slotting application. Mm. In short, we create the digital twin of the warehouse. We think that it's super important for the warehouse management system and for slotting tools to understand the physical space, the physical world in order to optimize how employees flow through the building. Mm. We differentiate because we are capacity constrained inside of our warehouse, meaning our warehouse management system knows that if I assign a task to a warehouse worker at bin 302, we know Know that's exactly 50 meters from bin 502. Mm. And I think a lot of warehouse management applications that were created in the 80s and 90s and have grown, they haven't added that capability of knowing physical space, physical distance. And therefore, you know, what we believe is that by understanding physical space, creating that digital twin of the warehouse, we can more efficiently route and optimize labor inside of the warehouse and robots, by the way. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think having that ability to, to visualize and better orchestrate all of that is such a, a great thing and important thing. Like as you as you just mentioned, there is a robots and, and more technology and solutions come into play and there's more moving pieces and things going on all around us in the warehouse is very important to be able to to have that kind of better control and, and better visibility to, to, to be able to make all those things kind of hum in a concert together. So we're going to talk about the slotting portion today. And I, I think it's a very interesting conversation because it's something that is definitely uh, very important, I think, to, to optimization overall and making your operation uh, run more, more efficiently. But oftentimes, maybe is potentially overlooked because it is a challenging task and, and can be almost uh, invisible in, in a sense, you could say, I think, from like the perspective of actually understanding that, you know, there's some logic behind where I put this and where I put that. But I, I guess from your perspective, why don't we kind of start a little high level and, and tell us, you know, what is slotting and, and why is it uh, so important? Yeah, so slotting, you know, everybody knows the grocery store and how, you know, Campbell's tomato soup is slotted at the bottom of the shelf because everybody knows where it is. Everybody needs it and they don't need to keep it at eye level because people are willing, they know they need it. It's a staple. Well, that's slotting, right? Determining where to place a product. And when we think about a warehouse, you know, for example, we have an industrial parts manufacturer, Mm. half a million square foot warehouse, 52,000 different products in that warehouse. It's really tough for a human being to kind of figure out where should I put each product in what aisle in order to optimize my inbound or my outbound based on whatever my scenario might be. You know, it's super tough to do in your head or in your mind, and it's really tough to do in Excel. But slotting is determining where to place a product. And we believe that, and I think a lot of people agree, determining where a product is in the warehouse directly impacts the flow of your warehouse, your case per hour, your picks per hour, right? Your, your, your metrics. So mm-hmm. having the right product placement can drastically improve your your outbound flow or your inbound flow. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's such a such a key to be able to to do that and be smart about it. And there's so many different factors I think that can go into it and and play a, a part whether it's, you know, the the velocity of the skew, the size of the skew, the ability to the weight of the skew, how you're going to lift it, what makes it easier for the employee, all these different things. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about like you know, you, you mentioned there, like, you know, it's going to improve your, your efficiency kind of in that optimization overall. But I mean, like, what is the difference between me putting a skew like three racks away versus like over here, maybe closer to my packing area or something? What what, what kind of efficiency gain are you, are you looking at there? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of customers might think, well, I'll just do my ABC classification. So my A's is my fast movers, B's is my medium, C's is my slow. And I'll just, maybe I'll just build my warehouse that way. A's, B's, and C's. Well, one of the downsides of putting all your A's at the front of the the end cap or the front of every aisle is now we have a congestion Mm. uh, problem where if you keep too many things too close to the door, now I have congestion, which causes a problem of not being able to pick efficiently because congestion is a concern. We also look at pick, pick density, what items are often picked together. And so maybe you want to keep your, some of your B's a little bit closer to your A's because mm-hmm. when these A items are picked, if they're going to be picked with something else, they it, it is potentially a B item, right? Yeah. Uh, a B level mover. So there are a lot of different factors go into play in, in slotting. It's a physical warehouse. 
it's your rack type. You know, when thinking about replenishments, is it a gravity-fed rack where I replen from the back and it flows down? Or is it like a lot of racks that we see, which is pushback racks? And so I am picking from the front and I am also replen, uh, replenishing from the front. Mm-hmm. So there again, I have a, a you know, a, a contention of, you know, people bumping into each other. Additionally, we see warehouses where, you know, all my inbound lanes, my items coming in are on one side of the warehouse and all my outbound lanes are on the other side of the warehouse. And if I keep things close to the outbound, now I'm punishing my put away because now put away has to travel farther, right? In order to do their putaways. So these are all different factors that we take into account inside of uh, our slotting algorithms where we allow the, the customer to set, do you want an equal weight pick and put away? Do you want an equal weight pick density and pick efficiency? Mm-hmm. Do you want to avoid, do you want to force heaviest to, lar- heaviest to lightest picking, right? That can have an impact on where you slot your product. Yeah. Maybe you have hazardous material or reactive materials. So certain products have to stay in a certain zone and can never be next to another product. These are all things that we think about when we think about slotting and determining what's that best product position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's just so many, there's just so many factors I I think that can influence it and, and, you know, lead you in all these different directions. And, you know, I think, uh, I I mean, talk to us a little bit about kind of the, you know, if you're just a a human trying to do this analysis and figure out and and put all these different things into play, I mean, I I mean, talk about some of the the challenges around trying to to do that from just like a a human perspective, just, you know, straight up like data dump in Excel, trying to figure out all these different things. I mean, what, what are some of the challenges there? Yeah, I think some of the challenges there are we don't have the ability in Excel very easily to do a what-if analysis, meaning Mm. this is where the product is today. It's an A mover. I generally agree with that statement. But what if I moved it from bin 302 to bin 502, as an example? Yeah. What would it look like? What would would it have looked like? Well, I don't know. So let's do a test this month. Mm. I'll move it, and then we'll wait for the month to happen. And then I'll re- measure results. Did my case per hour, each each is per hour, whatever my metric is. Did it go up or go down? And so you you have limited ability in Excel. Excel is a great analytics tool in terms of reporting as is, but it's tough to predict what will happen in Excel. Uh, yes, it can do that. I'm sure there are some Excel wizards on the phone that are on the, on the pod <laughs> yeah. listening that like, I could do that in Excel or I could do that in, in yeah, Looker. Don't, don't Looker send any messages, RBI. please. Don't send any messages. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so yes, Excel is, you know, it, it, and when I'm doing in working in Excel, I'm, I'm also, I'm a human being. And when I'm looking at, mm-hmm. in, in, as an example, a hundred thousand bins, it's hard for me to catch things. It's hard for me to visually see things. Whereas if we can draw the warehouse in the real world, and if we can represent current position, recommended position, and then have a replay button where that person can replay through last month's transactions and start to see why and how these new positions are better. Now, instead of staring at Excel lines that are very difficult to interpret or visualize, I can, I can use a sort of this digital twin technology to visualize my warehouse and see those source and targets. And that's super impactful is just taking it out of rows and grids and putting Mm -hmm. it on a map and allowing people to visually see that, yes, on paper, this this could definitely work. This could improve our operations. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that you bring in that human factor and even like you said, like, let's, let's test this for a month and see. And if the results are, are negative, then you just suffered a month of, of negative, <laughs> negative productivity. Right. So I, I mean, that's not the best way to go about it. So, I mean, when you bring your, your system into to play here, you're able to kind of see those, those results more in like a digital twin simulation type of thing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an algorithm that looks at whatever time horizon you give our, our data model. If you give us 30 days or a year, you know, we take it all in. Mm. And so now we know every material product that came into the building and everything that left and how many times it moved in and out of where it would move from. We associate your bins, whether that's a plastic bin or a shelf or tape on the floor, we associate your bins to the map. And then we train a machine learning model on your warehouse layout to measure distances between all points. And now think of us like Google Maps in that we know how long routes take. If mm. we send a, an employee from inbound door to bin 302, we know that's 75 meters of travel and the human being walks at this speed. Or if it's a forklift, it's at this, it's at, it's at Z speed, whatever, those, whatever the vehicle is. Mm. And so by building sort of a Google Map database of the warehouse and, and, and like being the, the, the ways of the warehouse, the Waze app that optimizes your routes, we can then replay all your prior months, quarter, year transactions against new positions and then report back to you during this time period based on physical your actual physical distance, your pick time was more than likely nine seconds for this material. If I move it to this other bin, your pick time drops to seven seconds. All right, That's just one simple example. But we do this in our, and this is where the power of cloud compute comes in, which is really cool, is you know when you think about your laptop, it has a certain amount of capacity, and you have Excel, which has a certain row limit. Well, in cloud computing, we we're unconstrained. We have you know servers, we have access to processing with 256 CPUs and a terabyte of memory. So very large, mm-hmm. high-end compute, and our algorithms are able to run thousands and thousands of simulations in minutes, as opposed to, you know, an individual just saying, I know that it's baseball season, we should move our baseball gear to the front. We can process 15 different iterations of product placements in a warehouse in minutes. In Excel, you just, you know, you can't do those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it it also kind of highlights to the very, especially in like a high volume type of setting, you know, the 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 amount of times and the the frequency that you should realistically be slotting is is increased and you know to keep up with that from the perspective of of analyzing that and and doing that without a, a system to help you and and understand those things a lot of times by you know I know sometimes when I in the past uh, a few years ago like had done some slotting projects and we were doing a lot of stuff manually trying to figure it out I mean by it felt like sometimes by the time we were done reslotting everything we we probably needed to do it again <laughs> in a that's sense, right, right? Yeah. yeah you have products expiring you have new product introduction you have sales promotions they're going into effect that are increasing buying behavior on certain products. And so you're right. So slotting for us can be, and some people may not want it to be, but it can be a daily activity, meaning, you know, the, you know, the old adage, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Well, when you reslot your warehouse, let's not reslot 200 products into 200 different positions. Let's just take the top 10. 
And, mm. and the top 10 can be very powerful. I had a customer in uh, Kentucky, their top 10 ended up saving them 600 minutes of wasted travel time per day, which is well more than one entire FTE per day. Yeah. And that was just by doing their, their top 10s and keeping things in the right place. And after, you know, after chewing away at this elephant, right, 10, mm. t- just trying to do 10 movements a day, 10 movements a day, eventually I get to the point where the simulation is now only recommending one or two reslots, which is where you want to be. Mm. That means you're really optimized. And, and, and we can talk about what we can do after that. You know, it's not just a slotting tool. Now it can also become a, a what if tool for employee planning and simulation. Mm. Maybe you have 10 workers to shift and you want to know what would happen if I went to 12 workers a shift? Mm. What, would, what would my cases per hour, picks per hour be or or what would my velocity look like? How much could I get done in a day if I had two more people or maybe two more forklifts or maybe two robots? And saying, hey, these types of tasks, instead of a human being doing it like it has done over the last year, mm-hmm. let's give all tasks of this type to a C-grade AGV yeah. and, and tell us what does our velocity look like in this warehouse. So very cool capability on the simulations side. Yeah, and I, I love too, like that it, it's giving you, like you just said, kind of that that progressive optimization, like saying, like, okay, let's let's start out, let's get this slotting better, let's get this more optimized, and now let's start to look at, okay, if we add headcount, subtract headcount, what does it look like? If we add an automation, what does it look like? And you you can really kind of start to take all those those steps and almost guide it in a sense by the the system a little bit on, on how to progress that optimization and and you know continue to to improve and and do those types of things and and see them without you know having to make too much uh, physical movement uh, up front or or even you know when you talk about adding a robot or something like that we don't have to necessarily invest in it right away to, to see because we can run that kind of simulation to see what would what happen right so so it's really like a great savings i think on the on the time and the, the cost side of, of those types of things i mean it, it's really interesting to see and and i think one thing i'm interested to to hear from you i mean about you know the the slotting and, and how the system is directing those slots i mean how does it take into account those things like you mentioned early in the conversation where you know we may think like okay let's put all the fast moving stuff close together but then you run into things like congestion right so i mean how does the system kind of think about those things and and how does it position that type of stuff to be able to to still make it close to where it needs to be to reduce travel time, but then also like take into account like, oh, let's reduce the number of employees that are going in this area at the same time for that congestion. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so it's it's all run through the simulation. So remember, we have the physical layout of the warehouse and we have your pick history. So we know... The day and the time that that picks were happening, and when we run our simulation, 
our simulations include the number of employees you had last month. So last month you had 25 workers in the building. So when we replay your transactions against the current position, we, we assume 25 people doing the work. Mm-hmm. That builds the baseline. And now the, 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 the AI will move products at random to different bin positions, replay with those same quantity of people, and then determine is there congestion or was there not congestion. It's one of five metrics that we have, what we call a score. We score put away efficiency, pick efficiency, put away and pick density, favoring ground level and congestion. So all of these things make up like a generic score. So we'll we'll create a zone, we'll move the AI, we'll move products randomly in and out of that zone, replay your historical transactions and measure, hey, in this zone that I created, was there a fitness improvement in the way that things moved in and out? From a and it all comes down to distance and time, right? Because distance is time. It takes time mm-hmm. to walk there. It takes time to drive there and drive back. So it's replaying. And so when we, again, if you tell the model, put all the A's in one section, when it's replaying, it's it's in a real world simulating, you know, now there's congestion in here. Now this employee is now waiting for these two employees to finish their picks before he, he or she can finish their pick. And so now there's a queue building in on that in that bin or that aisle because of uh, the the capacity constraints and i think again that's a, for us that's a differentiator i think a lot of slotting analysis tools out there don't take into account capacity like physical space and physical capacity and whether or not I, you know i think they assume unlimited employees unlimited equipment and you are capacity constrained and that's why this i mean that's why this model has taken us two years to build because yeah. it is it is quite complex very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that those complexities and being able to to bring them into the that system side and that that simulation side as well is such a, a huge leap for for a lot of companies, I, I can imagine. So, I mean, in that sense, tell us, you know, as you're implementing this and, and putting this in place and in new customers, I mean, what are you know, what are some of those like right off the bat, big gains that they start to see and, and things start to start to get moving around this? Well, the most immediate thing that, that people see is the analyst level, the warehouse manager, the inventory manager level. Yeah, They just went from spending two or three days slotting to 30 minutes, setting their oh, rules, running nice. the simulation, coming back and getting yeah. a result set, and then looking through that result set and saying, I like, I don't like, I like, I don't like. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing that people see is the slotting analysis timeframe comes down mm-hmm. dramatically because of cloud compute and because of our ability to run thousands of product position scenarios in a minute and return that back to the to the user to say hey based on eight generations of slotting that we did in your warehouse this is the best one we believe based on the mm. math based on the distance traveled mm. very interesting and, and then how does you know as we're as we're recording this now we're talking uh we're right on the basically the the eve of peak season, Black Friday, right? Almost a week away. But, you know, I mean, when it comes to like those types of peaks that that companies experience and things like that, I mean, how does the kind of slotting come into play in those scenarios to be able to, to better accommodate when you're maybe doing like a higher than normal volume? Yeah, well, let me just share a story of a customer sure. that has three three shifts, and they were they were only reslotting once a quarter, believe it or not. Mm. And you're right, there is seasonality, there's promotions, and we had their data history, and one variable is the labor pool. But in short, 
the way they implemented our tool is that third shift was running the slotting tool. And then part of the third shift's job was to slot product to make shift one and two more successful. Hmm. And in this organization, it's much like it's the problem that you're referring to in terms of it's holiday season. They only have 90% confidence in their orders 24 hours in advance. Hmm. So there's this, you know, they don't, they don't know what they're going to ship a week from now. Yeah. They just have no clue. And so the slotting tool was super important for them because it runs so quickly. It can run quickly. It gives them the power to reslot daily, which they've never had in their existence before, mm. which helped them for their, and then in their case, they run three shifts. So they had that luxury. If you're only running one shift, you know, you're, you're probably going to peel off one or two people to do some reslots and they're not going to get done you know, they still have a day job to do too. Yeah. So they might get two or three slots, reslots done. But in for this customer, three shifts, third shift ran slotting, third shift took the slotting results, reslotted the product so that first and second shift were set up, set up for success. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, a great model too, to be able to to have that set up and, and get things ready for like that that core uh, set of employees that are going to come in and, and focus just on, you know, whether it's picking or packing or, or whatever the case is, but, you know, being able to have that set and, and do it more quickly too, as well as I think is a, is a big win, especially as you see these, these swings in volume. And, you know, you talked about not, not really knowing what your order orders are going to look like, you know, with short, short notice. I mean, especially is more, more and more prevalent within the, the e-commerce world too, as well as, you know, we don't know how the, the consumer is necessarily going to behave, especially if we're going to ship stuff within 24 hours of the, the order placed. So you could have something go crazy on uh, TikTok and all of a sudden you got a spike on this thing that wasn't selling too much before or something like that. And, you know, how do you adjust to that and be able to, to accommodate and, and reset slot around that i think is is great to be able to have a tool to do that for you especially when you get those real quick like hits of volume and get a mm-hmm. quick understanding of how to move that yeah and we want we want the whole world to love our wms and our slotting and run everything but we also understand that a wms change is is tough so our mm-hmm. slotting tool does work over really any wms and, and in this case uh-huh. you know you run a you run a, an analysis uh, a person reviews and approves those we always call it you know, AI generated, human verified. So it's the recommendations, human verified. And then when they hit deploy, we actually can write back those fixed bin and those those transfer orders, those transfer tasks back to the WMS, whether that's Manhattan or High Jump or SAP or Oracle. And so our slotting tool is WMS agnostic. Of course, we want you to love our WMS, but yeah. that is one thing that we came brought to market earlier this year is our, our slotting tool is is WMS agnostic. So we can read from and write back to any WMS. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely. And, and, and of course we, we do love uh, to fulfill WMS too, but it's great that you have that, that flexibility with that tool, because I think it's, I mean, it sounds like it's a super, super powerful tool and a lot of people could, could benefit from it. Absolutely. So very interesting stuff with you here, Michael, to, to talk about uh, slotting and, and some of the, the challenges around that and, and how your tool can, can help to address that and, and make it better. Um, but as we look at fulfilled as a whole, what's, what's next? What's, what's in store for the the future of fulfilled so i think for what's next in terms of slotting now we're going to add labor 
more labor information into it, into the application to allow people to do shift planning Mm -hmm. for the next month, the next quarter, based on historicals, based on a forecast. So we're also providing some, some for, so even though, you know, the the CPG customer I talked about with three shifts, they only have 90% confidence in their orders 24 hours in advance. Using algorithms, we can make some predictions as to what we think sales will be, mm. which again goes into the algorithm. But it also can go into shift planning because I think a lot of customers want to be able to answer the question, what if I had two more people? Can yeah. I get things more things out the door? Or another one, fun one is, what is the theoretical limit of my warehouse? Yeah. How, how, many, how much product is too much product? How many people is too many people? How many warehouse forklifts are too many forklifts? At what point is my warehouse maxed out? And I think it's a gut feel for a lot of people. They don't actually yeah. <laughs> have data or math to back that up. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's such a good thing too. I mean, especially as you look at like, you know, a 3PL situation too. I mean, you're trying to grow and grow and grow and, and max out your capacity as much as possible. And, and you sometimes you don't necessarily know until you just kind of feel like you said that gut feeling like i think this is too much like i'm pushing it to the limit but having that being able to have that tool and and that kind of thing i think is is really helpful to to be able to to understand that because it's you know it's anytime you know someone uh (laughs) contacts you and is looking for you know fulfillment 3pl service or something you know you always want to try and take the take the business if you can and uh try and figure out how you're gonna squeeze it in a building that's already like 85 percent full or something (laughs) you want it might be a challenge so you want to definitely understand that and, and understand too like you know what what is the level that I can handle right now? If I'm going to bring in another client, another brand or something, how am I going to be able to, to manage that capacity and, and do I have it? So I think that's really a smart thing to, to tackle and, and be able to, to see as well. So really interesting talking to you today, Michael, here on the show and, and learning about this great sliding tool that you guys have developed and, and how you're making those inventory managers and warehouse managers' lives a, a little easier, a little less painstaking to figure out sliding. So if people are interested in learning more about Fulfilled and your and your solutions, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so the easiest thing is our, our website is fulfilled.io and there's no E in Fulfilled. There's some history behind that, but in short, it's uh, fulfilled.io and no E on Fulfilled. And on that website, you can click request a demo. Easiest way to reach us, book, self-serve booking, and we can meet and talk, talk slotting and, and share some of our algorithms and share some of our other use cases. All right, great. And we'll definitely put that information at thenewwarehouse.com as well so people can easily find it. So, Michael, always a pleasure to talk to you and the Fulfilled team. So thank you for coming on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.